Hey, this is Dominic Enyer. Enjoy this broadcast classic from Bob Enyer Live defending capital punishment. Uh, on the air, on the air already. Where did the day go? This is Bob Enyart. Where's my court TV interview prep notes? Where are those notes? Well, greetings to the brightest audience in the country. I am Bob Enyart, the pastor of Denver Bible Church. People ask us, Bob, why does you, why does Denver Bible Church? Why do you, Bob Enyart, live on the web at kgov kgov dot com? Why do you guys do so many peculiar things, like go out to the Scott Peterson trial during the penalty phase? and pass out pamphlets calling for the execution of Scott Peterson. It's so we can get the truth out and reach out to folks around the country about the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a right from wrong. Murderers should be executed. The basics, the ABCs of salvation and having a good life. So I got to do a a seven-minute interview this morning with Court TV, and we're going to play that for you in a moment So you could decide for yourself, how did it go? But first, we'll give you an indication of the calls that have been coming in from around the country. We had a neat gal call from Littleton Bible Chapel. Real neat gal, excited, and is going to tune into this show. That's a a neat church. I've been there some years ago. But I'll play this, this clip, one caller of many. This one is from San Jose, California, which is right down the street from Redwood City. Okay, let's hear from Sarah. Hi, I would like to leave a message for Reverend Bob Enyart. Sir, my name is Sarah. My phone number is area code 408. And I just want to let you know I live out here in San Jose, California, which isn't far from the Lacey Peterson trial. You know, I got to tell you, sir, I support you 200%. I don't go to church every Sunday. I try to live a good life. I try to help people out whenever I can. I have two small children. And I got to tell you, I heard you on court TV, and as far as I'm concerned, you are right on track. I think people are sick and tired of being criminalized, and victims need, we need help. There's just too much ugliness in the world. And God bless you. I think you're doing a wonderful job. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm going nutty in the process. At least I know my children are safe. It's the first time I've ever made this kind of phone call. So if you want to talk... I'd love to hear from you. If not, sir, please keep up the good work, and I am supporting you completely as much as I can. I'm impressed. God bless you, and I hope to talk to you soon. Bye-bye. End of message. Well, Sarah, thank you very much. That's pretty neat, and we have a Mount Moriah DVD going out to Sarah in California. She Obviously, she was interested in what was said about justice, criminal justice. You'll hear hear the— seven and a half minute discussion in just a moment. But is Sarah a Christian? Is she a born again Christian? What's her spiritual makeup, her religious background? Well, she said she thinks she's a pretty good person. And, you know, that's I'd say most people think that of themselves. But what does the Bible say about how do you get to heaven? Well, we have a video on the evidence for the resurrection. It's called Mount Moriah, the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we'll be sending that to Sarah. And did you hear the kid in the background? She's a stay-at-home mom trying her best not to go nuts. And we could relate to that. 
Cheryl, Shakol, Sarah, my wife, and they could commiserate together. But now we'll play the actual discussion from Court TV, and then feel free to call in with your comments. We, the jury, find the defendant, Scott Lee Peterson, guilty of the crime of murder of Lacey Denise Peterson. Welcome back to Court TV's special coverage of the Scott Peterson murder trial, the penalty phase. I'm James Curtis, along with Lisa Bloom. Yesterday, a group of pro-death penalty advocates were handing out these pamphlets. Bob Inyart, a Denver pastor, was responsible for the propaganda. He told CourtTV.com that, quote, Scott Peterson should be put to death because all convicted murderers should be executed, end quote. The pamphlets weren't the first time Inyart voiced his opinion on a high-profile murder trial. In 1999, Inyart bought two of O.J. Simpson's football jerseys for $6,000. He then bought Simpson's Hall of Fame induction certificate for $10,000. Inyart and supporters then burned the two jerseys in front of the Los Angeles courthouse, a uh, display that I remember well being one of the talking heads commenting on the O.J. Simpson case at that time, and now I'd like to welcome to the program Bob Inyart, who is the pastor of NTV host, pastor of the Denver Bible Church and talk show host of KGOV.com. Pastor, welcome to the program. James, thank you so much for having me on, and at Denver Bible Church, we want to praise these jurors, really thank them for their guilty verdict, but that, right. th- but that thank you is to them and not an endorsement of the system. Okay, hold on a second, Bob. Let me get some questions in here. Yeah. I want to, first of all, ask you, in light of the history of what you've done, the purchase of the jerseys and now handing out these pamphlets in front of this courthouse, a lot of people might say, you're a nut. What are you doing buying these jerseys, burning them in front of the Los Angeles Stadium, and handing out pamphlets that could very well affect what happens inside this courtroom? How would you respond to that? Well, we'd hope we could affect what happens in any criminal case because justice demands the execution of a convicted murderer. Okay, I understand that, Bob, but what about the idea that what you do outside of this courthouse, and I want to get Jim Cohen, who is a Fordham Law School professor, your take on this, Jim, from an academic point of view, might have a negative effect, that is, go absolutely against what you're trying to achieve. What about the fact that you might cause a mistrial or something to happen so this whole thing has to get done all over again. Your question makes our point that our criminal justice system is broken and we need a new one. If a couple kids handing out flyers could derail a multi-million dollar trial or lose the death penalty for a murderer, that doesn't condemn the kid. It condemns the system. Our system is broken. I I got your point. Let me get uh, Jim Cohen in on this discussion. Jim, you're a law school professor. You're the clinical director of the clinical law program at Fordham. What do you say to that? I think it's nonsense. Uh, The criminal justice system is not perfect. There's no one that will claim it is, but it's a carefully balanced system designed to provide some measure of fairness for both the defendant and the state. Having people out there spreading uh, what sounds like at least semi-religious dogma. Completely uh, religious. Completely religious dogma. That's fine. Uh, could not only cause a mistrial, it could backfire in the sense that some jurors may be offended that on the grounds of religion, the death penalty is being requested. Certainly. Dean Johnson, you're a criminal defense attorney, former prosecutor. What could happen, and what have you seen in your vast experience of things like this, things that happen outside of the courtroom, working their way into the process inside the courtroom? 
Well, you know, we're, we're very close to the line of having that happen here. We've already seen motions regarding the alleged mob reaction to the Peterson verdict. I think as we get more and more high-profile trials and more and more people like Reverend Inyard get attracted to these trials, we may very well have to deal with the issue of cases being tried outside the courtroom as well as inside the courtroom. Unfortunately, people like this negatively affect the First Amendment rights of the entire public because the more this happens, the less and less we're going to have public trials, uh, the less and less, yeah. uh, the more and more we're going to see sequestered juries. I think these guys are undermining the system. And as a former prosecutor, current defense attorney, I can say that the reverend's view on the death penalty is grossly simplistic. It is certainly not the case. Hey, Lisa, People Lisa, who when who the jury... Uh, ...who suffer a conviction for murder always deserve the death penalty. Yep, let me jump in. Hey, Lisa. In your, here's the problem I yeah. have. You put on these pamphlets, jury safe. Right. Nothing could be further from the truth. If you taint this jury, if you presume right. to step in the shoes of this jury yeah. and tell them your opinion when they're deciding the very sensitive matter or life and death for this murderer, you're undermining what the state is trying to do, namely get a death sentence for Scott Peterson. All right, Lisa, when the jurors are sequestered in hotel rooms, do they systematically remove all the Bibles, the Gideon Bibles? I don't know what that has to do with Well, it has everything to do with it because, Lisa, let me... calling for the death penalty. The Bible doesn't have the word Scott Peterson in it last time I checked. That pamphlet doesn't have the name Scott Peterson. It makes no reference to any specific... It's got a picture of him on the front, Pastor. That, that's a different pamphlet. And we had a jury... Out. There it is. That's You're wrong. Scott Peterson, who is that? Let your producer show our jury-safe pamphlet. We got both of them up. Up okay, and that has no reference to any case whatsoever, but it quotes Jesus twice in the Gospels saying, let them be put to death, because the Old and New Testaments make the point that if there is no justice on earth, people will reject the God of justice in heaven, so that Christians want to tell those in the criminal justice system that the system is broken and murderers should be executed. Okay, Pastor, and you hold on a second. Let me get Paul Padista in on this. Paul, you talked about the circus atmosphere. Is this an example of what you were talking about? (laughs) Absolutely. Look, I try to have respect for everybody and give everybody the benefit of the doubt, the Bible also quotes Jesus as saying, let he who is without sin cast the first down. The Bible can be played in any number of directions. What really interests me is, first of all, O.J. Simpson was not a convicted killer. He was acquitted. Where does the Reverend Inyard come up with the $10,000 to buy the T-shirts and the uh, induction certificate? Where does he come up with the funds to send people long distances <laughs> to hand out pamphlets that are clearly intended to influence the outcome of this case. All right, Pastor Bob Inyard, we've got about 15 seconds left. I know it's a short period of time, but go ahead and give us your final comments and go ahead and address whatever other comments you'd like to. Yeah, Christianity is based on the death penalty. Christ was crucified, and that was the requirement, the proper penalty for sin. So those who undermine the death penalty actually undermine the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's why Christians are becoming more active and pointing out our system is not the best system in the world. We have one of the highest murder rates, violent crime rates, and incarceration rates in the world, but we have the highest paid lawyers in the world. Therefore, the lawyers tell us we have the best system. Our system is broken. We need a new one. All right. Pastor Bob Inyard, we're going to let you have the last word. Pastor Bob Inyard, pastor of the Denver Bible Church, talk show host, KGOV.com. He has a website if you'd like to check that out. And... He's the one responsible for buying the O.J. Simpson jerseys. I've wanted to talk to you for a long time, Pastor. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you, James. All right.
All right, this is Bob Enyard here. Thanks for tuning in to uh, hear that. That was this morning on Court TV nationwide. We had a number of calls from around the country. We'll go to the phones in a moment. 1-800-836-9278. That's 1-800-8-N-Yards. And the, uh, the producer for that segment at Court TV called back and said that the host uh, was interested in talking again, asked for my permission to give him my cell phone number. So we'll let you know if there's any follow-up there. It's interesting. It's interesting what happens. Christians pray for an opening. Lord, I need an opening. I need an opening to share the gospel with somebody. Just buy a newspaper. The Lord is saying from heaven, just buy a newspaper. Any headline will do. Any headline will do. That's your opening. So let's go to the phones. In Yucca Valley, California, Jack, you're on Bob and Yart Live. Oh, hello. Um, I saw your flyers on Court TV. It was really nice. I'm thrilled, Jack. So uh, <clears throat> so you had, uh, I imagine you're in California. You had no idea we were going to be on. You were just watching the Lacey Peterson coverage? Yes, I was. And uh, I tell you, this is uh, one of the most, one of the things that really, really angered me. Uh, I just uh, couldn't believe that a man would do something like this to a child, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, and isn't it exciting? I have my own kids, and yeah. Hey, Jack. I'm sorry, Jack. That's yeah. that's right. Isn't it exciting that Scott Peterson is convicted guilty for murder, not only for Lacey but also for Connor? Yes, very much so. And, and that um, in this tragic case, at least something wonderful has come out of this nightmare. That the whole nation, the media, is undeniably speaking of an unborn child as a little boy named Connor. Right. And he's not the only one. Uh, there are untold thousands, if not millions, of babies that um, yeah. die all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering about the Lacey and Connor bill. And uh, yeah, that was, passed. George was, Bush, George W. Bush, signed that into law. Right. And but it only applies on federal land in, in cases with federal oh, jurisdiction. I see. But there are some states that consider it a, a second charge of murder if right. you murder an. A woman who's pregnant. Mm-hmm. But I was just kind of wondering why um, it didn't encompass all children, you know? Oh, you mean, is right, exactly. You, you know, can kill a baby in the womb intentionally, mm-hmm. and the liberals say it's your right, and if you uh, murder a child in the act of a crime, then you could be put to death for it. That shows the insanity of right. our law and our criminal justice system. Well, like you said, it's just a system. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It really saddens me because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a partial victory, you know what I mean? Because uh, if it was to encompass all children, then it uh, would be a victory, you yeah, know? Yeah, amen, amen to that. There are, you know, if it came up, we we only had seven and a half minutes on Court TV. Well, I didn't get to hear that, but, uh, oh, but no, I no. your flyer. I'm saying if you're a liberal, you could probably get 20 minutes out of it. Well, but yeah, As a conservative course, uh, Christian, we had seven and a half, but... I was prepared to point out to them that when the they say that the death penalty is not a deterrent, but when the U.S. Supreme Court outlawed the death penalty in the late right. 60s, we had in America about 6,000 murders a year. And a few years later, when the death penalty was reinstated, right. it had gone up to 16,000 a year, an extra 10,000 Americans becoming murderers every year, year being murderers. And I was going to point out that we have 16,000 murders a year on average, and that's not counting the unborn children. 
Well, yes. and uh, Because then it, it's a million and a half a year when you look at the children who are killed in their mother's wombs. Right. Thank and, you. Uh, yes, Jack. And yes, and uh, just, uh, I was just, it, it, it's not just for just this man who killed his wife and unborn child. Right. But um, the death penalty itself, in California anyway, is very broken because they don't, yeah, they don't execute enough. It's uh, yeah, of course, Jack. Jack, it. every every murderer that's should it. every convicted murderer should swiftly be put to death. One year we had a hundred executions and about twenty thousand murders. One year back in the nineties, so it's a wow. uh, it's a tragedy. Jack, is this the first you've heard of Bob and Yurt live? No, I used to watch you on World Harvest Television huh. back in ninety six, ninety seven. On uh, C band. Well, I like this reunion then. And uh, my brother and I used to watch you pff, daily, actually. And when I married, well, I didn't have C band anymore. And uh, I saw you on. Well, I did not know it was you when you had the flyers. Okay, I just had this inkling feeling it would be you because uh, you would be the only guy I know that would have the guts enough to go out there and do something like that. Thank you, thank you. I think that's a compliment. <laughs> thank you, Jack. So um, so I said, yeah, that has to be, Bob. It has to be. So I looked up KGov, and uh, there you were, and you were talking yesterday about going out there and doing it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, Jack, so, thank you so much for calling in. Let me encourage you. Stick, stay in touch with us okay. via the web. You can hear the shows at kgov.com. We'll catch up. As you know. And, and we also, we got a call from, what was it, Longmont today? Somebody saw the a guy named Scott saw the mm-hmm. uh, Court TV segment, right. called up, said thank you, and he gets our monthly videos. He Once a month, he gets a video from us, okay. and he said, Bob, i got to tell you, those videos, every one have been, has been so encouraging. My wife and I love the monthly video subscription. Thank you. Well, just uh, well, I'm just a Reformed Christian, so I have a lot of learning to do. All right. So. Well, Jack, thank you, and God bless you. Really you take pre- care of yourself. Really appreciate your call. Yeah, it was short and sweet on Court TV, but it was worthwhile. The people that, well, for one, we got back into touch with some friends around the country. We took calls from well, southern Florida to California, north, northern and southern California, around Colorado, and in a handful of states around the country, and it's just, it's really neat. And some people who called are Christians and excited that Christians are speaking up and they're not ashamed or embarrassed about what the Bible says, that murderers should be put to death. And other people are not Christians. One guy, about 50 years old, called up, and he was in a rage. He called within three minutes, five minutes, of the airing of the Court TV piece. And his hatred was directed at Christians generally. He despised Christians. And he said, the Muslims are killing us because we're trying to convert them. And uh, amen to that. I mean, they killed Jesus Christ because he was trying to convert them. And they killed the apostles because they were trying to convert them. And they killed the prophets because they were trying to convert them. So the truth is unavoidably offensive. And people get mad when you say that, that Muhammad was a sexual predator and Allah is a false god. That gets people upset. Or you could just be apathetic toward them and not care and let them die in their sin and their rebellion against Jesus Christ. So it depends. If you love your neighbor, it will move you to risk 
to risk that they might get upset with you. And that really, that's the thing that governs millions of us is comfort and a lack of willingness to take a risk. And I'm more concerned that they like me than I am that whether they go to heaven or hell. So I'm just not going to say anything and smile and enjoy their company, their friendship, while they go to hell. Then on Judgment Day, when they're standing on the wrong side of the Lord, and I see them being sent off to hell, at least I'll say, well, it was fun, wasn't it? We had a good time together. So we need the courage. We need to pray. At Denver Bible Church, we often pray for courage. You need courage. All right. So uh, the guy, the, the one lawyer, it was funny. These guys are lawyers, but they, they got to take a little stab at the Bible. And the point I made was that when you undermine the death penalty, you undermine the gospel of Jesus Christ because he was crucified. The death penalty is at the heart of the gospel. And so the guy, he took a shot at the death penalty, and he mentioned Jesus in John chapter 8 when he said, let he was without sin cast the first stone with the woman caught in the act of adultery. And I realized when you're, you've got only a few minutes and you've got to pick your battles and you can't address every issue. And so I let that one go with the hope of getting out the conclusion I was able to make about the crucifixion. But the response to that, of course, is this, that if you read John chapter 8, you read John chapter 8, they were trying to trick Jesus Christ because the Romans had prohibited the Jews from executing anyone. In fact, John, the author of the Gospel of John, makes that point. In John 18.31, he says, he says that the Romans had taken away the authority of the Jews to execute anyone. So the Pharisees, when they brought the woman to Jesus Christ, they weren't asking, Lord, what should we do to her? They were trying to manipulate him. They were tricking, they were trying to trick him, but he was smarter than them, being God. He was smarter than them, and he knew they were trying to manipulate him, and he was not about to be manipulated. So he thwarted their evil intention, and he forgave the woman who was repentant. He forgave her. Now, God has the authority to forgive criminals. God never authorized human judges to forgive criminals, never. To have mercy on a criminal as a judge is a sin. It's a sin. It violates God's command. Over and over, God says, do not show pity. Do not let your eye have mercy on the criminal, but punish him according to the law. Otherwise, you'll have a crime epidemic. And what you think is good will turn to evil in front of you. And so we see our jails filled If you build it, they will come. You build a new jail, you fill it. Because the criminal justice system is broken. And so Jesus Christ was not about to be manipulated by Pharisees. And so he stooped down. He started writing in the sand. And we don't know exactly what he wrote, but whatever he wrote, one by one, the Pharisees left. And we could guess what he may have written. What would make them leave, not in a group, but one by one? Well, some type of an individual accusation. So perhaps he stooped down and he wrote in the sand, he wrote Rebecca. And he looked at one of the Pharisees, the lead Pharisee in the group who had recently committed adultery with a woman named Rebecca, perhaps. 
And that guy said, well, I'm out of here. I got to go to work. And then he looked at the next one and he wrote, Leah. And that guy said, uh, my wife is calling me. And he just went through the list and he said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. So that was not a repeal of the death penalty. Jesus Christ himself, twice the Gospels quote Jesus saying, let them be put to death. Twice. In Mark 7 and Matthew 15. And Luke records Jesus saying, bring them here, those enemies of mine who would not obey me, and slay them before me. Now, does that sound like a pacifist? Now, Jesus is telling a story to teach a point, but he's the guy in the story. So he's telling it about himself. Bring them here, those enemies of mine who would not obey me, and slay them before me. And Christians say, oh, but we're not supposed to judge, and we have to forgive. Well, that's contradictory right there. You can't forgive someone that you can't judge. Right? If you can't judge and you have to forgive, it's impossible. You can only forgive someone when a wrong has been done. And how do you know that a wrong has been done if you're so mindless you can't even judge? So in order to be able to forgive, there has to be something valid against someone. So you need the ability to judge. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he who is spiritual judges all things. You ask a Christian who thinks you can't judge, you say, how about a guy selling crack cocaine to kids on a, in a playground? You're going to judge that that's wrong, or are you just going to drool and have an open mind and your brains are going to drip out around your feet? People are going to say, what's that goo under your shoes? Oh, I'm a liberal Christian with an open mind. You stop drooling, please. He who is spiritual judges all things. Somebody's trying to destroy the lives of young kids. That's evil. They need to be rebuked, confronted. And so Jesus commanded us to judge. John 7, 24, he commanded, judge with righteous judgment. And he complimented those who have judged rightly in Luke 7, 43. So of course we're supposed to judge. And if someone wrongs you, what did Jesus say? If someone commits a sin against you, Did he say, oh, quick, go forgive them? No. He said, if someone sins against you, rebuke him. That's Luke 17, 3. If someone sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If he repents. Repentance needs to be a prerequisite for forgiveness. Otherwise, Christians teach the world, you don't have to forgive. God is a loving God. He forgives everyone. And so you Christian, because of your shallow spirituality, you send, you help to send millions of people to hell because they think repentance is not necessary. The prophets did not forgive everybody. They were pretty angry at times. Jesus did not forgive everyone. He was very angry at times. The apostles did not forgive everyone. Remember Alexander the coppersmith? Huh, if Paul would have got his hands on him. So you forgive people when they repent. Otherwise, you mock God and you mock justice. You forgive people when they repent. If a man is having an affair and cheating on his wife and you forgive him and he hasn't repented, what does that mean? You make forgiveness cheap. It's meaningless. And he mocks you for forgiving him. And he mocks you appropriately. 
First he must repent, then you forgive him. And if there's a murder, people say, oh, we're Christians. We can't judge Scott Peterson, and we have to forgive. And we say, no, I think you're wrong there. You're from the devil. Right? They've, they've judged me, pastor of Denver Bible Church, but they won't judge a mass murderer like Saddam or Scott Peterson. How's that? Is that good play acting there? Hey, this is Dominic Enyart. Check out kgov.com. Click store and browse through our category of products, especially the monthly subscriptions. The monthly subscriptions are the best way to help support us here and keep us on air. On the show, Bob mentioned his timeless televised classics. Highly recommend you check that out. That's one of our monthly subscriptions. Best way to keep us on air. May God bless you guys.